Um, we are, we are going to take a, a one more week break on the book of Romans before we continue that series next year. Because I do think it's important to pause at this point in the year and look back and look ahead. There's great value in ending something well, and there's great value in beginning something well. So this week represents the first Sunday of a new year. Uh, this week represents the first time 2018 is done and over. And if you develop the skill, the spiritual skill of looking back and looking ahead, uh, it could help you close out last year well and look ahead to this year so that you actually make the most of it. The world is really good at looking back also. Um, thinking back to 2018 and the main headlines, I always pick up Times Special Edition each year, Walgreens or whatever, because I, I want to go back through and I want to see what was it that made last year uh, worth remembering. And just on the cover alone, you see in this year in review includes Royals in Love, the Royal Wedding, uh, Trump in Year Two, um, Hurricane Rescues, Black Panther movie, uh, Lives We Lost, like John McCain and Aretha Franklin, uh, midterm elections and more, and, and the wildfires in California. And so there's so much when you look back. There's so much to remember. Um, I don't know how you feel about last year. I don't know if 2018 was a great year, was a bad year. I don't know if you feel like it was a good year or if you feel like good riddance, right? Uh, but it's gone, and 2019 has arrived. Looking ahead to 2019, there's a lot of things that we already know that are coming, that are pretty exciting. Another royal baby. Frozen 2. Jumanji 3. Toy Story 4. And I even heard there's a Spice Girls reunion that's going to happen. Children of the 80s and 90s are like, what? But there's all these things planned that are coming. And so I really want to use today to get us ready to look back and look ahead. Today is, uh, I'd love for you to take notes every day. But today I'm going to ask you to write down a lot of stuff that's really going to help you for the year. And we also included a note card in your bulletin. So make sure you pull that out along with the note sheet. If you need a pen, um, you've got two options. You can uh, look to the lady next to you with a gigantic purse. And I'm sure she has 15 in the bottom you know, women with purses, go ahead and dig in there and help your neighbor. Um, but our ushers also have pens. So if you just put your hand up, our usher can bring you a pen. But I would love for you to take notes. I would love for you to be an engaged listener. The sermon is called Out with the Old, In with the New. There's going to be several verses that we use today, and they'll all be projected on the screen. So you don't have to race around your Bible to try and keep up with me. But you can write those verses down as we go. But let's pray, and then again, if you need a pen, just put your hand up. Let's pray first, and then we'll get into the Word together. Father in heaven, we give you glory because we're here. We're alive for a new year, and what a gift that is. We made it through last year by your grace. Who knows what you have planned? Who knows what the world has planned? Uh, but we know that you're the one in control. So Father, today we start the year with our eyes looking up. Uh, we start the year, and, and we end the year with our eyes looking up. And we pray that as we reflect that you would help us, Lord, to see your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. The, there's, a, there's two points to this sermon. And the first point is this. Jot this down. Close 2018 with your eyes on Christ. Close 2018 with your eyes on Christ. We have to take time to look back. There's, there's great value in looking back. And it's not just the Bible and the church that knows this. The world knows this, which is why uh, Socrates, the one and only is famous for having said the unexamined life is not worth living. 
The unexamined life is not worth living. If you're just, you know, clocking in and clocking out and never taking time to figure out what happened, you're missing it. You're missing it. He said that thousands of years ago. Um, And I don't just mean closing the year 2018 looking back. Uh, I mean closing the year looking back through the spiritual lens. Not just the historical lens, not just the rational lens, but through the spiritual lens. Um, Are you good at ending things well? Are you good at closing out a chapter? Are you good at looking back? Close 2018 with your eyes on Christ. And there's three words I have for you that will help you do that. The first one, jot this down, is reflect. Reflect. Take time to reflect on 2018. Reflecting can take on many forms, um, but I would love for you to take time and reflect because if you don't, you will forget the many blessings of the Lord. You will forget. Time and time again in the Old Testament, God hollered at the Israelites. He said, but you have forgotten. They stopped looking back and they forgot all that God did. I've told you a few times that throughout the year, I have a very simple way of keeping track of what God's doing in that year. I have a note card and I write the year at the top of it and I write down every awesome thing that God's done in that year. Usually I get through a whole side and about half of the second side. And if it's a great year, I get through the whole second side. I've never had to go to two cards yet. Maybe that'll be my prayer request this year. But God fills that note card with awesome things. But guess what? If I don't write them down, if I don't catch them, I forget them. And then I'm like, you know, I have a bad week. And I'm like, this year's terrible. What's happening? You know, but if I pull that card out, it's almost like, a, you know, the trophy case for the year written on the card. Uh, so I would love for you to develop that Uh, that habit. That's not necessarily what this note card is for today, but that's a great habit. But you have to take time to reflect. Um, Lauren and I, one of the ways we reflect is uh, we went out for breakfast. I don't remember if it was the first or the second of January, but we went out for breakfast and we just, we just took uh, the whole breakfast talking about what God did last year. Like, what did he do? What did he do? And we shared all these stories. And then we started looking back even further than that, uh, remembering how, how, how God has blessed us in life. And it hit us that we started dating uh, at a New Year's Eve party um, at, back in 2008, or 2008. No, we've been together a lot longer than that. <laughs> back in 1998, going on 1999. Um, and, and so, do you want to see a picture of us when we first started dating? Here's a picture of, of Ryan and Lauren when we first started dating. Isn't that adorable? Um, but that's, that's from 96 when we first met, but we didn't actually start dating until a few years after that. So, so we realized that because our first kiss was on New Year's of that year, this is the 20th kiss anniversary of our first kiss. Ah, <laughs> and, and do you want to hear the story of our first kiss? Sure you do. So the way that worked is... We were, we were playing the game of like, you know, do we like each other? Do we like, like each other? And I was a DJ. And so, uh, you know, so I said, uh, hey, I'm DJing a New Year's Eve party. You should come. And it's really cool because there's a band playing. And, and as a DJ, I just have to kind of fill in the breaks for the band. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking if she comes, there's the countdown. You got to kiss, right? So it was, you know, so I was like, all right, if she comes. And, and then... She had to work, and then she went home, and, and so, you know, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and she, didn't, she wasn't there, and I was like, oh, she's not going to come in 11.30, 11.40, and then she walked in at like 11.45, kept me waiting the whole night, and I was like, oh, she's here, oh, we're going to kiss, ooh. 
So sure enough, we go out on the dance floor, and they do the big countdown, and then we look at each other, and we have our first kiss. It's adorable. But there we are at breakfast, looking back, thinking about how God brought us together and how he helped us form a family and the many blessings, how he brought us into ministry. Uh, I mean, uh, we could easily forget that whole story if we don't take time to remember. Um, So I would love to challenge you to reflect on what the Lord has done in your past. Ephesians 5, 15 to 17 says this, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. When it says there, look carefully, uh, the idea is watch out as you walk. Watch out as you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Walk in this verse stands for life. So it could easily be said directly as look carefully then how you live. But the idea of a walk gives you this this metaphor of life is like a walk and you've got to watch out. Watch out where you're walking. Don't be foolish. Be wise because the days are evil. Um, and understand what the will of the Lord is. This idea of me watching my life very closely is embedded in the Scripture. You're not ignorant. You're not not negligent. You're You're not out of it when it comes to where you're walking your life forward. And you have to watch out because otherwise, because you're on a dangerous road in this world, basically. Uh, I looked up some of the most dangerous hiking trails known in the world, and the Hushan Trail in China is one of the hardest trails to hike. Check this out. Would you hike this trail? I've got more pictures. Check it out. Some of you are really afraid of heights. Yeah. (laughs) That looks sturdy. Here's another picture. And uh, that person's not wearing proper footwear. I'm not only going to hike it, I'm going to hike it in Crocs. (laughs) Here's another picture. You can see just how treacherous uh, this trail is. Do we have one more? There we go. At certain points, you're like walking on chains. There's not even even a road under you. You're on a chain. And I think we might have one more. Uh, There you go. And just around the corner you go. Now, here's the thing. Look at that picture because the Bible is saying live your life with a careful eye on your feet, because that is where you're walking. The days are evil. It's a treacherous road. And and if you're you're just like, splat, splat, if you don't watch carefully where you walk. This means living with reflection on your life. Don't be foolish. Know what God's will is. In 2 John 1.8, it uses the very same word to kick that verse off. It says this, watch yourselves, same word, look carefully, watch yourselves, so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Watch it, watch out, watch where you're living, watch where you're going, watch where your life is heading. Carefully reflect. Are you reflecting? Are you reflecting? One way that you can reflect is by evaluating your overall level of wellness coming out of last year. And so this is where we're going to begin using the card here. On this card, I want you to write down a few words. Write down these words. Um, Soul, mind, body, heart. You can write that down. Soul, mind, body, and heart. 
And ask yourself, how, how did you do growing last year in the areas of your soul, your mind, your body, and your heart? Did you have goals? Did you keep them? Did you see tremendous progress or, or did you retreat in some of these areas? Are you healthy and well or coming out of last year are you not so uh, well? Are you strong or are you weak in these, in these areas? This is a real easy way for me to not only ask myself how I'm doing in a day, have I, have I pursued wellness, mind, body, heart, and soul, but in a year, how did I do growing with my soul, my spirit, my mind, and my body? When it comes to your soul, um, you know, some spiritual goals include reading through the Bible or having a prayer journal. How did you do last year? My goal is to read through the Bible in a year. I almost got there. I've got a few more books to finish, uh, but I'm, I'm finishing up reading through the Bible, and then I'll move on to another goal for 2019. I also keep a prayer journal, and I did really well at, at each week writing down my prayers in a journal so that I can go back and look through them. I even went back and read through several previous prayer journals to remind myself what God had done in years past. Uh, so how... how what kind of a year was it for you spiritually? Do you feel like it was a strong year or a weak year? Reflect on your spiritual progress. And then when it comes to your mind, your, the mind grows what's planted in it. All right, so if you're actively promoting uh, healthy things flowing into your mind, it will grow those things. It will become sharper, uh, more informed, more knowledgeable. And, and the Bible wants us to, to know the truth. The Bible wants us to avoid ignorance um, because, because truth is of the Lord. And so when you sharpen your mind, when you inform your mind, when you understand the times, that's a sign that God is teaching you self-control. How was it uh, for you developing your mind? Did you find podcasts that are edifying and wholesome? Did you set a goal to read books last year? Um, you know, or did you do very little to cultivate your mind? Um, for me, it was an overall good year, not my best, but I managed to read 25 books last year, which I'm happy with. I know there are readers out there who read 50 books and some people who read 100 books in a year. And I salute you. <laughs> I will never be one of you, but I'm really impressed when you can read that many books in a year. Uh, but I'm happy with a book every other week. I'm just chewing on something, chewing on something. I'm reading, 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 reading and, and trying to grow my mind and sharpen my mind. How, are you, how was it last year at developing your mind, soul, mind, and then your body, when it comes to physical wellness, sometimes people think God doesn't care about that. But when you read through the Bible, the Bible has a lot to say about physical wellness. In fact, when it comes to the body, the, the biological side, if that area is not well and strong, it's really hard to actually build spiritual maturity and wellness on top of it. If the body's always dragging you down and sidetracking you and draining your energy, it's really hard to be fervent spiritually. So sometimes people don't think clearly on this, but God really wants you to, per, to pursue physical well-being. Um, it's really hard to be a, a, a loving, compassionate, fervent, spiritually uh, mature person if the body is just out of control. And, and heaven forbid there are things like addictions or there are things like strongholds in the body. You know, great, reading your Bible and praying is not going to fix that without addressing the strongholds that are there. So how was it? Was it a good year for you in, in pursuing wellness? Was it an okay year? You know, have you completely given up? Is it time to get back on track with that? Uh, I, for me, it was a, it was a, a, I'm in a season of really, uh, of, of strength in this area. I've gone through many years of just total neglect. Thankfully, I had a good metabolism back then, so I didn't get punished too hard, you know, like in my late 20s and early 30s. But then I really turned a corner several years ago when I began running. 
Pastor Mark and I started running, and so last year was a great year. I ran a half marathon and a full marathon, and I'm like, all right, um, I lost no weight. All right, I burned, like my app tells me, I, I should do this right now. This would be, really, be really funny. So I can pull up my running app, right, and, and I can look at all my stats from last year, and it tells me how many calories I burned. Last year I burned 74,244 calories running and lost no weight. Do you know how? Deep dish pizza. That's the way that I did that. <laughs> so, so I have to realize humbly that an exercise goal is not the same as a diet goal, right? A fitness goal. Um, and so anyway, it was an overall strong year, but still room for improvement there. And uh, so soul, mind, body, and then heart. The heart, what I mean by that is your relationships and your ability to love other people. So this for me was definitely my weakest area of growth last year. I, I didn't achieve any leap forward in compassion or, or uh, in my witnessing or, or just in my efforts to reach out and reconcile some relationships. I didn't really have any big leaps forward. I don't have much to report when it comes to God really growing me in, in terms of my heart. He, he did it, but I, I can't say that it was a banner year or anything. So I've got to give some thought to that. So as you write down those, uh, th those words, soul, mind, body, and heart, I'd love for you to reflect. Uh, I'd love for you to reflect. And you might even want to just put a plus sign, you know, or, or a minus sign, or, or a question mark next to each one of those words to reflect, how did it go last year? How did it go last year? You might want to put a plus, plus, or a minus, minus, you know, a big old sad face if you're like, I need to get this under control. But reflect, reflect, look carefully how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And as you sort your reflection into those categories, I think you can find some good takeaways from last year. Uh, but that's not it. It's not just reflect. Jot this down. The next word is rejoice. Rejoice. If you want to close out last year with your eyes on Christ, you have to rejoice for what God did in 2018. God wants you to not just reflect. Uh, he, he wants you to rejoice. What does the Bible say? Rejoice in the Lord always. And as if that isn't enough, I will say it again. Rejoice. God really wants you to look back with joy on all that he did last year. Psalm 77, 11 to 13 says this, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work. And meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God. Are you rejoicing over 2018? Have you taken time to, to write down the praise reports from last year? We had an elders, deacons, wives dinner last night. Uh, and uh, Ken, Ken Hanley, the chairman of our elders, is really good about, about just saying, hey, let's go around the table and let's share a praise from last year. And, and as we did that, our elders and our deacons talked about grandchildren being born and children being married and God meeting us in, in business and, and all these, one after another. It was like, look what God did, look what God did, look what God did. Have you captured all of the amazing things God did last year yet and have you written them down? Have you praised God for last year? Uh, take your card here and I'd love for you to write down one of the greatest praise uh, items from last year that you want to remember. Write down something God did last year that, that you want to remember. Um, for example, Lauren and I, last year, we, we owned a house for seven years that we couldn't sell. We came down here to plant the church. 
and couldn't sell a house out in the western suburbs. And it was a, it was a burden that we carried every year. We, we didn't want to rent this house out, but we had to. We prayed and prayed. Finally, last year, God, uh, we listed the house again, and it sold in three days. And there was no drama leading up to the close. It was just done. And we are so thankful to the Lord that that happened finally. Write down something right now, one thing that you never want to forget from 2018. Something that you want to praise God for, um, it could be just a quick word, you know, don't, you don't have to write out a whole story, but just a quick word of, you know, something God did at your workplace or something he did in your family or, or something he did in your finances or, or write something. Raise your hand if you already know, you know the one thing that you'll never forget from last year. Raise your hand if you can tell he's one thing, one thing that God did last year. That's amazing. Why don't we encourage each other right now? If you've got one thing from last year that you're really fired up about, turn to the person next to you and share it right now. Tell them what the Lord did for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it right now. Or write something down on your card. Do it. All right. Hey, get in the habit of telling God what you're thankful for. Tell other people what God did for you. Uh, one of the things that you have to try and teach your children early is how to say thank you to God, right? So post 2018 with your eyes on Christ. Reflect, rejoice, jot this down, uh, repent, repent. As you look back to last year, there's going to be areas where you say, I flopped, I failed, I bailed, I quit. There's going, to be a, there's going to be an area of sin or weakness. I will not ask you to turn and share this with your neighbor. But maybe it would be healthy if we did, right? Where is it that in last year where you were just like, that was not good. That really took me out of the game for a while. Uh, have you talked to God? Have you asked God to get the sin out of your life that showed up in 2018? Sometimes we negotiate to try and keep as much sin as possible in our life, right? That's not the way it works. Uh, we went to a family party this year. Lauren took all this time to make all these desserts. And then we went to this family party, and uh, somehow the desserts ended up sitting on top of like a washing machine or whatever. We, had, we needed overflow storage. So until it was dessert time, we put the desserts in the, in the laundry room, and, and the washer was running and started going ka-dunk, 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 ka-dunk. And the dessert went ka-dunk, ka-dunk, crash on the ground. And so Lauren ran in, oh, no, my dessert. And she picked it up, and the dessert had flakes of glass all over the top of it. Flakes of glass. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to try and pull those off. <laughs> but when it comes to sin in your life, if you're like, Lord, just, just help me a little. Just take a little sin out of my life. That's like removing a few glass flakes and then eating the dessert. When it comes to sin in your life, you have to say, God, get it all. Get it all. Get it all. You can't even have a little glass in the dessert or there's going to be tremendous pain and consequences. So where do you need to say, God, help me. Help me break bad habits. Or maybe it's not something wrong you're doing. It's just something right that you're not doing. Lord, help me begin new habits. Uh, you don't have to write it down now on the card. You can if you want. But I want you to write down on this card at some point, Lord, help me with this area. Uh, Jesus, I'm ready for you to transform 
this area of my life. I'm sorry for my neglect, my foolishness, or even my sin. And I, and I confess it, and I turn from it. You, you need to write it down and say, Lord, looking back at last year, this is done, but I need your help. Reflect, rejoice, repent. And when I say repent, some of you might be looking back last year and even the long stretch of years, and you might, you might say to yourself, the biggest problem in my life is I haven't ever fully repented of my sin. I've been playing games with God for years, and last year is just one more year messed up because I'm not right with God. Maybe you've never repented and actually been saved. Maybe as you look back and you think about last year, you're like, another ruined one. And God's trying to tell you this could be the first year where you actually have Jesus as Savior of your life. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says this, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Are you saved? As you look back and reflect on last year, is there any evidence that you know Jesus Christ? Any at all? If not, it's time to get saved. It's time to look back and say, another year wasted without God. The word saved is a powerful invitation to let God do something in your life that you can't do for yourself, to get saved. Uh, we spent one night at a hotel this last week with the whole family. We just went to Embassy Sweeps, Suites in Lombard just to have a fun night. And my kids always love the hot tub. So we had to run down to the hot tub. So we're sitting in the hot tub, so, and, and we realize in the pool that there's like eight kids from this family that ran in, jumped in the pool, and they were playing, and there was no adult supervision. And there were like two teenage girls watching like, five other siblings or cousins or whatever, and a few of them were really young. So we're watching them like, this doesn't look safe. And one of the teenage girls was like, had a really young child, and then another one was like clawing along the side of the pool. And as an adult, you know, when you see a little child who's just on her own in the pool, aren't you like, danger, danger. So we were watching, 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 and then suddenly a little girl just went under the water. And no one saw it. And so thankfully, my daughter Ellie, who's a lifeguard, jumped up, jumped in the pool and rescued her and put her on the side. And then I got up and I got on the red phone, called the front desk and said, all of you out of the pool, you're done. So you get a grown-up in here, you're all done. And um, that's, that's called being rescued. That's called being saved. And the Bible says that Jesus needs to do that for you. For you. All right. You can't save yourself. You need Jesus to, to dive down from above and pull you up out of Worse than a lake, a lake of fire. Okay, has that happened? If not, it can happen today. Close 2018 with your eyes on Christ. How? Reflect, rejoice, repent. Now, number two is this. Begin 2019 with your eyes on Christ. Close 2018 with your eyes on Christ and begin 2019 with your eyes on Christ. When it comes to setting a course for the new year, it's important that you start well. You can't just end well. You've got to start well. Um, and when it comes to 2019, it's important to know where you're going. Let's put the verses up on the screen first. Hebrews 12, 1-2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, that's what we just did last year, and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance... Uh, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Begin 2019 like you're in a race and you're running and you're looking up at the Lord Jesus Christ. You know where you're going. You're, you're casting everything off. And these verses are real precious. They talk about a person who's running and back then they wore like togas, you know, like robes and sandals. And the idea here is this person who's running is, has, is surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. That represents the saints and people who have gone before us who give us an example. But there's weight. There's things holding us down and there's, there's things clinging to us. You picture that robe that they wore that clinging to you while you're trying to run. And you're throwing the weights off and you're girding up the robe, and, and that way you're able to run with nothing hindering you, the race that is set before you. But the most important part there in verse 2 says, looking to Jesus. Your eyes are on Christ as you start the new year. Of course, I love this idea, this metaphor of running. Um, I saw a video recently of, uh, I think it was last year, that a new world record was set for the marathon. Uh, 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 a uh, Kenyan set the new record, a new pace for the marathon. So at one of the marathons, they set up a treadmill where you could run the record pace for one mile. And so I've got a video here of some people trying to run a world marathon record pace just for a mile. Check it out. Here it is. Nope. I'm doing it. I'm not doing it. I got this. That will no. Bam. I love that. When it comes to when it comes to keeping your eye on Christ, um, it's like a race. It's like you're running, and, and and the race is the race that Christ ran and won, and and thankfully He won it for all of us. And don't be discouraged. You don't have to try and overdo it and be like, you know what, I'm going to be as perfect as Jesus is here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write down a billion goals I can't keep. No, that's not going to work. You're going to flop and fly off the treadmill. Uh, start thinking about first steps. Start thinking about things that you want to, to begin in, in a manageable way as you look ahead to the new year. I took my son Jared to the gym for the first time ever last week. He loved it. Uh, and he gave me permission to show uh, he, he went on a treadmill and ran his first mile ever on the treadmill, first time, and then he found the exercise bike too. So check out these videos. Here's Jared. We're at the gym here, jogging a mile. He's got his headphones on, and he kept trying to up the pace to see how high he could go, right? And then he found the exercise bike. That was even more fun. He was really excited about that one. <laughs> he liked that one a lot. <laughs> Listen, I'm a big fan of New Year's resolutions. I'm a big fan of setting goals. But, but one of the mistakes we make is we, we're like, I'm going to run a record pace. Man. No, 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 no. Listen, let's begin 2019, but let's do it with our eyes on Christ. And let's make sure that we are uh, reasonable in what we expect. Uh, otherwise, we're just going to get discouraged. So here's a few tips for how you can start this year well. The first one you can write down is this. Uh, ready up. Everything is new. Ready up. Everything is new. I was pondering the fact that there's a new year as I was like doing my devotions on the couch this week. And I was like, a new year, a brand new year. It's never happened before. It's almost like, like I hear that Star Wars Land is coming to Disney and nobody's ever been in it. And imagine being the first one there and they open it up and you're like, it's new. No one's ridden these rides. This is the first time we've ever been in this park. And that's what a new year is like. There's a newness 
to 2019. Like six pages of this story have been written. The rest of them are blank. There's so much potential. And are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for a new year? Are you ready for God to do something spectacular? Is there expectation? Is there anticipation? Um, We say at Harvest that we're a vertical church. Every week on Sunday morning, we expect great things from God. We want Him to come down and to meet us in power. We ask great things of God. For this new year, do you have expectation? Do you, do you see the newness of what's before you? I chose the phrase ready up, and that might not be familiar to you. It's kind of a combination of get ready plus gear up. It's a video game term. My son likes to play video games. I like to play video games. And so ready up is something that kids say to each other, um, like when they're playing Fortnite. How many of you have played Fortnite before? Raise your hand if, if you've ever played that. Yeah, my hand is up. I've played it. Uh, here's a picture of Fortnite. But it's, this game is, uh, is sweeping the nation. It's so popular that it earned um, $3 billion last year. $3 billion. The top movie of all time, the top movie of all time earned $2.7 billion worldwide. This video game earned $3 billion in a year. So it's so popular, but when my son's playing it down there, he's got the headphones on, and there's three or four of his friends all getting ready, and then there's one kid who's not ready yet. He's still going through his options and putting on his outfit and picking, and they're like, ready up, ready, this is what they say to each other, ready up, ready up, what are you doing, ready up, meaning you're not ready yet. We're all waiting for you so that the game can begin, ready up. And I would just say that that's a really good summary of how you get in the game of 2019. Ready up, ready up. And listen, too often I see people February 15th who walk into church like this. Hey, Pastor Ryan. Hey, how you doing? Okay. Haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. Where you been? Sleeping. (laughs) They're not in the game. They take two months off. Frittering it away. Don't let that happen to you. This is a brand new year with so much potential. Ready up, it's all new. Philippians 3.12 says this, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I press on. Paul's saying I'm not perfect. I'm not done. Paul's like, I'm not done. I'm not done. And I do believe the vast majority of my spiritual growth is still coming. It's sad when Christians who have been in the faith for a while talk as if 99% of the download is complete and God's just touching them up and you're like, no, no. And there's this arrogance and this pride. Well, when you've walked with Christ as long as I've walked with Christ, no, pressing on, not perfect. So much more for God to do in you. Is there anticipation in your heart? Psalm 96, 1-3 says this, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Every day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the people. This is a new day command. Sing to the Lord a new song on a new day. You really can't obey this command fully because every new day challenges you to obey it again. You can't be like, complete. Because tomorrow morning, this psalm calls to you again from heaven, saying, sing again, sing again. It's a new day. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23 says this, 
The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. On your card, I want you to write down the three words that we use to really challenge people on discipleship. Worship, walk, work. Write those three words down on your card. Worship, walk, work. And then write down next to it the word new. New. What's going to be new about your worship this year? Reasons that you sing. Reasons that you praise God. Ways that you show the Lord you love Him. New. New. When it comes to worship, it means getting to church. Are you going to have a new habit of better attendance? I don't know what your attendance record was last year. That'd be funny if on the way in today we handed out attendance reports. <laughs> ah! <laughs> no, 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 I just didn't fill out the register this week. <laughs> you know, but are you going to have a new habit of getting to church more often? Are you going to have a new habit of being more expressive in your worship? You know? Are you going to have a new habit when it comes to, uh, you know, for example, your giving plan? Giving is part of your worship. How was that last year? Was it a strong year? Was it a weak year? But when it comes to worship, what's going to be new and better about your worship this year? When it comes to your walk, that means you and Jesus moving forward. What's going to be new this year? Do you have goals? Are you going to set them? Have you already written down your spiritual goals? Have you shared them with your small group so they can hold you accountable? What's going to be new? Where's Jesus taking you? When it comes to moving forward, remember, if you won't move forward in faith, you're telling Jesus, don't lead me. That's not right. So say, Lord, I want you to take me to new places this year, and here's how I'm planning to help that to happen. But, but Lord, you do it. Take me to new places in, in your walk. Also, you can't walk forward in faith without, without people around you. Are, are you in a small group? Maybe this is the year you say, I'm getting in a group. I'm going to have friends. I'm going to have Christians who know me. This is new. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to form relationships in this church. I'm gonna, is that, is that going to be one of your goals this year? New walk. And then your work for Christ, what's going to be new? Um, are you working for Christ on a ministry team? Are you on the right ministry team? Do you have a little time where you can take on more and say, hey, I want to do more? Uh, I, sometimes I, I sit down with people and I'm like, how are you doing? And they're like, I, I feel like I should be doing more. I, I really, I've got some extra time. I've got some extra resources. I want to do more. For, what can I do? I love that. Maybe you need to have that conversation of how your work can be new this year. There'll be plenty of opportunities for you to say yes to a mission trip, for you to say yes to a local service opportunity or a go team event. And, and are you, is your work going to be new this year or is it going to be same old, same old? Ready up. Everything is new. I like what D.A. Carson says. He says, people do not drift toward holiness. Apart from grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate toward godliness, prayer, obedience to Scripture, faith, and delight in the Lord. We drift toward compromise and call it tolerance. We drift toward disobedience and call it freedom. We drift toward superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch toward prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we've escaped legalism. We slide toward godlessness and convince ourselves we have been liberated. Meaning drift is not going to take you anywhere. We have to be intentional. And I love his phrase, grace-driven effort. Jesus, help me with this. Improve my work. Improve my worship. Improve my walk. And one helpful thing that I do uh, is go back to those four words that you wrote down in the first point. 
mind, body, heart, and soul, set some goals this year and say, Lord, with your help and with your grace, I want this to be something we do together. Uh, This is a new year. I want my body to be new, my mind to be new. I want my heart to be new. I want my soul to be new, Lord. I want to move forward. Everything is new. So when it comes to beginning 2019 with your eyes on Christ, it helps to realize that everything is new. But here's a corresponding thought that is equally as precious. Write this down. Relax, nothing has changed. Ready up, everything is new, but relax, nothing has changed. So see, I'm keeping it easy. What I'm telling you to do today is reflect, rejoice, repent, ready up, and relax. They all start with R. Uh, but, but turn to the person next to you and say, relax. 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 Listen, maybe this is what you needed to hear in church today. Maybe you're not excited about this year. Maybe 2019, maybe there's things in your finances or things with your job or things in your health or things in your family and you're like, you wake up and there's a knot in your stomach already. And you're like, how am I going to get through this year? I mean, you look ahead to the next several months and you're like, I want to go back. I want, I want last year. Relax. Relax. Nothing has changed. See, I was, as I was sitting on the couch, I was pondering, everything is new. This is so exciting. It's like a new amusement park. And then I'm like, and nothing has changed. Everything has changed, and it is, there's a newness to 2019, and nothing has changed. There's a sameness to 2019. Both of them give us perspective. And if you're anxious, and the last thing you want is for the pastor to be calling you to change and to move forward, and you feel like you're on a roller coaster or in a raging river with rocks, and you're, I just want to encourage you. Nothing has changed. Joshua 21.45 says this, Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord has made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. Joshua talked about how the Lord kept all his promises. Nothing changed. He kept all of them. Hebrews 13.8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Same Jesus today. Same Jesus tomorrow, same Jesus the next day. He is exactly the same Lord who has walked you through every previous year. Relax. Relax. Numbers 23, 19 says this, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Relax. He doesn't change. There's a newness to the year. We need to get after it. There's a sameness to the year. We need to relax. Tim Keller really puts these terms into balance when he talks about prayer. And he says there's often been a debate about is prayer about resting in what God is and what he's done? Or is it about wrestling for what you want him to do? And he said it's both. You have to rest in everything that is still true about God in prayer while you wrestle for all that He has promised to come to pass. It's both. And don't make the mistake of being like, oh Lord, you just do whatever you want. I'm just going to rest in you. Mistake. Wrestle. But don't make the mistake of always being like, gimme, 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 without resting contently in the presence of your Heavenly Father. 
Jot those two words down on your card. Jot the word rest down and jot the word wrestle down. How this year coming up do you need to rest in what you already know is true about God? Rest. Do you need to rest your health in his hands? Trusting that he already knows the diagnosis and he already knows what the doctors are trying to figure out. And he already knows how long you've carried this weight. He, do you need to rest that, rest that with him? What do you need to wrestle for? What is it that you're like, this is not okay. This relationship is still broken. This, this is still not right, Lord. What is it that you need to wrestle with God about in 2019? As you take this card today, I'd love for you to just reflect on what God has done last year. Rejoice by writing down a few God stories. Repent by talking about what you want God to transform in your heart. Ready up by setting some new goals for your worship, your walk, your work, your mind, your body, your heart, your soul. And then figuring out what are you going to rest in and what are you going to wrestle for. If you take time and fill out this card and then keep that it somewhere, keep it in your Bible, keep it somewhere, you will close out 2018 with your eyes on Christ and you will begin 2019 with your eyes on Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you because you are an awesome God. You were an awesome God last year, and you, and you are an awesome God this year. We lift up to you a year that is gone and done and in the vault until Judgment Day. We cannot change one thing about last year. And, and we give to you this year before we even begin living it. And I pray that as we take time to reflect on these cards, that you would just go to work through your spirit, helping us to be careful how we walk, not as foolish, but as wise. Jesus, bless our effort, our grace-driven effort to follow you. May this be our greatest year of spiritual growth, yet in one year may we say our relationship with Christ is incredible. Not rusty, not cold, not dead, not flatlined. Incredible. Start that in us today. We pray this in Jesus' name.